Welcome to the podcast where relationships, confidence, and determination all converge into an amazing heartfelt experience. This is Speaking from the Heart. Welcome back to episode number four of Speaking from the Heart. Today, we're going to be interviewing Trisha Renzi, who is with the United Cerebral Palsy Organization. She is a rehabilitation specialist located in Camp Hill, Pennsylvania. And you're going to find that she has a very interesting story about how she has overcome the odds and that God has really helped to rescue and heal her from so many different obstacles that she has been through. And she's using those experiences right now, not only at her job, but also with some of the things that she's been going through as part of her overall development with helping others and seeing what her true version of herself is. And we'll get into that in a little bit with the episode. But I will say that this is probably one of those stories that when you are hearing it, think about how you can make an impact, whether it is something close to you with your family or your friends or even just helping a complete stranger. But with that, let's get to the episode. All right, I am here with Trisha Renzi. Trisha, welcome to the show. Thank you. I'm so glad to have you be here after all this time. I know that I've known you for a long time, and then we kind of got separated with life experiences, and now we're back here, we're interviewing. I'm really excited for this opportunity to just have you as a guest. So I want to just start out with a question that I have is, what have you been up to the last few years? What have you gotten yourself into? Well, up until two and a half years ago, I had been fully disabled for 13 years from 2007 to 2019. I was on disability. I used a cane and I was not fully able to move my right shoulder because I had brain surgery wow. and when they did my brain surgery, they cut up around my right ear. And when they cut around my right ear, they cut my tricep nerve. So I wasn't able to fully move my shoulder because my tricep nerve was damaged. Wow. So, so because of all these reasons, I was unable to work. Yeah. So when you were disabled and not being able to really walk around, Tell me a little bit about how you handled that. How did you get through that? Those sort of those difficulties. Was there a resource you leaned on? It was there a group of people that helped you out? Just tell me a little bit about how you got through that time. Yeah, it was honestly a very very difficult time. When I woke up from surgery, I was fully paralyzed on my right hand side. I couldn't move at all on my right hand side. I was unable to do anything for myself for several months. I was in long-term care facility where they taught me how to swallow, walk, and people to do your everyday things that you don't think about. Brush your teeth, get dressed, anything. I could not do any single thing for myself for several months. So that was very difficult being from a fully babled bodied person one day to day, like literally a complete invalid. So that was very, very hard. 
I think what really helped me a lot is when I was in the long-term care facility, I was with different people in my similar situations. And I saw people completely shut down and be unwilling to participate in their healing. And I decided, well, I'm going to do whatever I can do. I don't know what that looks like because <laughs> I wasn't able to do anything. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so, oh, you, you were pretty much like, you, you were pretty much not been able I to was, like just act, take any action whatsoever for yourself. I, essentially, I couldn't, I couldn't do anything without help. Yeah. So yeah, that was a really hard place because I'm a very independent person. And I don't like to ask for help. And here I was forced to accept help every single day for three months. So yeah, it was very humbling <laughs> experience. But like I said, you know, I just resolved myself in my head that I was going to do whatever I could do. I didn't, and again, I didn't know what that would look like. So... I was in the long-term care facility for three months. I graduated from a wheelchair to a walker and left the facility in a walker. And then I lived in a duplex at the time. So that was fun. <laughs> uh, trying to go up and down stairs when the walker just doesn't really work. And then when you get upstairs, you can't really go anywhere because you don't have the walker. So it, it proved to be very frustrating and then so once I was home they sent me to physical therapy and it wasn't very long it seems like it was maybe four or five months that I was in physical therapy and then at a certain point the insurance says okay you're not making any progress we're gonna stop paying for physical therapy but I was still not able to do very much of anything I wasn't capable of going outside of my house by myself. And I wanted to. I wanted to have some sort of life. Like, I didn't want to be in my house for the rest of my life. So at the time, I lived in New Cumberland, and they have a little bus that senior citizens and disabled people can use for a discounted rate. Um, and so I would go every day or every other day, I would go to the gym and I actually paid a, a physical, or what do you call it? Kind of like a discounted fee for attending services that yeah, help you so, for rehabilitation purposes. Yes, I paid for a gym person to help train me to be able to be strong enough to like open doors because I couldn't <laughs> open <Wow>. doors. <laughs> you wow. know, like on the outside world, like if you go to a bank or even a gym, you know how those big, heavy glass doors? Yeah. Oh, I've, I've had my battles with them, them and I've lost. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I, cannot, I cannot open them by myself. So I was like, well, if I'm going to be out in the world, they have to be able to open the doors. <laughs> I paid for an additional three years. Well, not three years. I paid for a year and then I went on and used what they had taught me for another two years before I was able to go back to at least I could drive myself. I could go shopping by myself. I was capable of doing just daily tasks, but I still wasn't anywhere 
in the realm of being able to work. That just wasn't on my horizon at the time. When you were going through this time and you were relying on all these people to kind of surround you and help you become really the best version of yourself, as I've been mentioning about the mission of my business, my listeners have been hearing a lot about that. But when you when you are talking about just physically pushing yourself, were there times in your life that you were during that time, I should say, that you were saying to yourself, man, I don't know if I can keep doing this. I don't know if there's really anything else I'm able to really do other than just listen to what this is. Was there a point of just having to submit and just say, if I just do this, I'm going to be on a better place? In other words, what is it that you have done to walk yourself through some of these tasks that you've had to set forth in your life in order to Get the energy and the commitment to just keep going, especially with something as what you've described, a medical condition that was really out of your control. It was something that you had to pretty much set yourself into, right? Right. So I don't know if you know about this about me, but I'm a very stubborn person. (laughs) Uh, The best way to tell me or get me to do something is tell me I can't do it. Say, I can't do that. Yes, I can. I'll figure out a way to do it. It might not look at like the way you do it. I might have to do it a completely different way. But I'm very, very stubborn. Which <laughs> <laughs> I guess is a, a good quality to have if you're disabled. <laughs> but yeah, of course. There were days where it's like, what is the use? Why am I putting myself through this? Is I'm not any closer to what my life was and I just came to the realization that life was dead that there was no going back and that I just I had to I had to enjoy what life I had and my husband at the time and I started living life like this was our last day So we went on vacations, we went traveling, we weren't waiting to retire to do things. Like we all went on trips almost every year, went to Europe, which I don't really recommend to people who are disabled because they're not very handicap friendly, but that didn't stop us. I went to to Germany three different times and I've been all over the U.S. and I feel so blessed that I have seen things that a lot of people fully bodied haven't gotten to see. I find that very fascinating because I had my first guest, Chris Hulse, who we were just talking about before we started recording this show, talk a little bit about his own travels and how he has been able to make those really awesome connections with people themselves. So I'm curious, when you were going through that time where you thought, this is it, I have no other choice, I really want to live life to the fullest, and you started to travel across, it sounds like you traveled a lot internationally, was there a particular people, maybe there's some particular interest or two that made you think, wow, I got to experience this just because my mindset changed, and or because of seeing this, my mindset has changed and here's why. Was there something like that? Was there a light bulb that kind of switched on for you when you were 
going through those things? And how has that affected you even to how you are today? Well, I know that, like I said, when I was back in the long-term care facility, one of my roommates had some sort of brain injury, which is very similar, even though mine was medically, but I also conserved to be brain injured. Apparently her complete demeanor changed. I don't know what she was before her brain injury, but she was just a very unpleasant person in the nursing home. And she was one of those ones that were unwilling to the point of biting and scratching and participating in anything that would enhance her life. She just didn't want anybody to help her do anything. And that really, I decided that I was going to do the most I could with what I had. And okay, maybe I'll be in the wheelchair for the rest of my life, or maybe I'll be using the walker for the rest of my life, or maybe I'll use the cane for the rest of my life. You know, I kept progressing, but I never knew I'm going to continue to be able to be more abled. And it wasn't until two and a half years ago that I no longer needed the cane because God healed a lot of the issues that I had, which led me to be able to return to work. I didn't know that was my future. I thought I would be using a cane for the rest of my life, and I was perfectly okay with that. I was glad not to be in the wheelchair. I was glad not to be laying in the bed and not being able to do anything for myself. So, yes, it was hard. Yes, I definitely had discouragement, and it seems now like it was so quick. It's such a short time, like three, like you say, three years. Now, three years doesn't seem like a big chunk of time. But back then, three years was a long, long time. And now that I'm two years back into being more fully abled, the 14 years of being disabled feels far removed. And that was only like two and a half years ago that, you know, it sounds I like, yeah, it sounds like time has gone by a lot quicker than what, what it had been like before where it was going really slow. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm curious when you were talking about just some of the people that you've interacted with. So like you were just mentioning about how someone just had this very pessimistic view and then you in turn had a completely different view of, I'm stubborn and that is a powerment for me. How do you turn something that some people say you shouldn't be stubborn? Because I hear that in the personal and professional world a lot of time about you should be open to new ideas. You should be able to change your group think. How do you use that stubbornness to help you realize that you need to learn new skills or do new life skills? Because obviously you've had to change some of the things that you were doing before because you said like in the past that is the same things that you were doing in the past were not going to work now that you have this condition or what you were trying to do to heal. So how do you overcome that? What are your strategies with that? Well, I think each one of us, I just use stubbornness because <laughs> my mom used to tell me I'm stubborn headed. I think all of us have that want or need to persist to have 
a good life, to have joy in our life. And how do you accomplish that? And so I was very determined that, okay, maybe this is the best health I'm going to have. Okay, what can I do at this moment? What am I able to do? Not what I couldn't do. What am I able to do? Can I try this? Maybe I'll fail, but I can try this. Okay, maybe I can adapt it this way. And I think it also helped that I'm a gamer. I love to play games. So I would look at everything as a game and how could I play this game or beat this game to move forward, to get better at it. All these like kind of facets of my personality that God gave me this ability to, to look at every obstacle and be like, okay, I cannot do this. It's not possible, but maybe I can go around or maybe I can go up or maybe under. There's some other way that I can still at, be at my goal. Even though I can't do this particular step, I can still reach my goal. How, how do I do that? So I would rethink of different ways to do. And I would go hiking <laughs> and not like a flat terrain, you know, hike. They would have branches and stumps and rocks and things like I had help. I had physical assistance. I wouldn't have been able to do it myself, but with assistance, I was able to overcome a lot of obstacles. So sometimes even those of us who are not great asking for help, just look for somebody who's willing or even some people, some people just offer you help and you don't feel like you need it. Maybe just be like, Put it in the back of your mind. Oh, that person knows how to do this. Maybe that will help me someday. I'll just remember that, oh, this person experienced something very similar. Maybe I could talk to them and that would help me. I'm really curious to ask you this now because you bring up so many good things about what you have done to overcome. I want you to just put yourself in a moment when you were finding out that you needed to have the surgery to get healed and you had to put yourself back into your shoes of, man, I don't know if this is, I'm going to be able to get through this or not. I just want you to vision that for a moment. What would you say to somebody when they get that devastating news about something that might've been traumatic and Looking back at that time, knowing that there were probably a lot of things going through your mind as to how am I going to overcome this and how am I going to get through what I'm going through? What would you say to someone that is listening to something to this for the first time and they're listening to this podcast? They might have something that they're going through traumatically that they just learned about. What would be your best advice to them? The one thing that you would say that would help them to grieve or to get through what they're going through in order to be productive or stubborn to use your word <laughs> in a good way to overcome that what would you say to them i know it would be it's very difficult 
but you have to hold on to whatever little glimmer of hope that you can see. It might not be very bright. Every doctor in the world might tell you, you're never going to walk again. You have stage four cancer. You, you're going to die tomorrow. Whatever horrible thing <laughs> doctors normally have coming out of their mouths is you just have to believe that there's hope. Every doctor in the right mind seeing me three years ago, and then I know this is true, would have told you that there's no way that nerves can regenerate after being dead for 14 years. I'm not sure what the correct diagnosis is, but the dizziness that I had constantly just overnight went away after 14 years. Like there's no medical reason why I should be walking without a cane, without dizziness, without pain, with all the nerve damage that I had from the surgery and from the tumor that was in my brainstem crushing my nerves. It's just hope. It's just cling on to that hope like you're drowning and it's your life preserver. There's no boats in sight, but you just hold on to it, hoping that a boat will come by. Wow. A boat that comes by. I think that we all have boats that are stationed, ready to go, while some boats are mostly stocked up and they're ready to set sail. There's others that have already set sail and you're waiting for them to come back so that they can come pick you up. And that's such a... That's a, such a beautiful analogy, too, that sometimes that boat, although you're waiting for it, is going to come back. And it sounds like it definitely has for you, which we're getting closer to the end of our time. And I just want to give you an opportunity to share a little bit about what you do, because I've already told the listeners this, but I'm just curious if you could elaborate on what you do specifically, because I think it's such worthwhile work that you do. And is there anything that listeners can do to help support what you're doing or just the group in general that you work for right now. I'll give you a few minutes to go ahead and do that. Yeah, it's really a privilege for me to work at United Cerebral Palsy. And I work at the one in central Pennsylvania. There's several all over the country. I get to work with people with different disabilities, some mental, some physical, some both. And I get the privilege to spend the day with them, taking them out into the community, helping them learn and become on a name-to-name -name basis with people in their community that they would not necessarily have the opportunity or skills to do so on their own. I take them out, we go bowling, we go shopping, we go to the library, and people, because we go there every week, know them by name and address them by name and they know their names and it's just a beautiful thing to see people opening up and letting them even just slightly into their lives someone who looks and acts different than themselves in a perfectly natural way 
I'm just curious when you are working with those clients that come in through the organization and they are working specifically with you because they're assigned to you and you get to take them to all these places. Is there something that they say to you? You don't have to be specific or mention names. I'm sure there's confidentiality with Mm -hmm. that, but have you heard a consistent thing from all of those individuals that maybe gives you a sign of hope that even something that is as terrible as cerebral palsy can be and debilitating? Is there something that you've heard that kind of gives you that warm feeling? It's so funny because I really haven't been working there a very long time. This coming August will be my one year there. But even in this short period of time, the people that I work with, I've seen in that just that short little window of them opening up to me, sharing things with me, telling me they trust me. And that just, I can't even explain how good that makes me feel. And I think that we really connect in a lot of ways because I've shared with these people that I was disabled and technically still disabled. I'm just able to work now. And I just have this really unique connection with them because I can show them that just because you're disabled, we not be able to do a certain thing in a certain way. That that doesn't mean we cannot do it. Mm. You just have to, you tell me what you want to do and we'll figure out a way to do it. You're just transversing the difficulties and trying to find what that niche is, is always half of it in terms of getting that person to feel a lot better about themselves. And I'm glad that there's champions like you in this world, Trisha, that are willing to help so many people, even despite all the difficulties that you have. You definitely have a great story that you've shared today with us and my listeners about the importance of not only the word perseverance, because I'm going to replace that now with the word stubborn (laughs) with what you said, but I think that is so important to just be able to connect with people with what their situation is, where they're going through and being able to help uplift them. And it doesn't have to be just the typical run of the mill conversation that you have. It can be with all kinds of activities. I really think that is enlightening. And Trisha, I want to say thank you so much for being a guest on Speaking from the Heart. I hope that you continue to be the light in the world that so many other people need to have, especially in these very difficult times, especially a lot of people are going through, whether that is what you have been going through too. So thank you so much. What a great interview with Trisha. And I know that for her work that she does in the community with the United Cerebral Palsy Organization, I'm going to throw a link into the show notes if you have any interest in volunteering or doing any sort of monetary donation to them as they continue to do great work with people like Trisha in the organization, helping others be able to find and get some stable footing, especially with such a terrible disease that cerebral palsy can be. I just want to cap a couple things that Trisha said during this episode that really helped me to focus on what I even learned from listening to her in this sort of conversation that we had. And one of the things that we were talking about after this recording ended 
was about having brief eye contact and just being able to acknowledge the person that you are dealing with. And I think that is so important in this world that we're living in, especially as some of us are returning from a post-COVID world. And we're also trying to facilitate relationships with people that we are working with and what we're trying to do to help each other become not only just the best version of ourselves, which I try to do, but I also want to see people be able to unlock something that maybe has been lying dormant. And the very basic thing that each and every one of us can do is simply start to have that conversation. I think in Trisha's case, with having such a traumatic brain injury and having surgery done, which impairs her certain feeling that she had, I think that it was really hard for her for a period of time to accept that. And I got that feeling during the interview. But what really sealed the deal for me was the fact that when she started to talk about not just the stubbornness, which I replaced at the end with perseverance, I started to see some of the light bulbs turn on for her as to what she's been able to do for not just the last few years, but what I have projected in my own life as being the course that we set for ourselves. And I love the analogy of the boat because we all have boats that we get into that are different shapes and sizes. And they might be big boats, they might be medium-sized boats, they might be small boats, might be little things that you have to row yourself. But we all start somewhere when it comes to that journey. And I think Trisha's boat was very small to begin with, but as she started to see what the possibilities are with just working through what she had to deal with, with getting that physical therapy and relearning some of the basic things that she has been able to do in her life, I think it started to really piece together the importance of not just being a stubborn person anymore, but being able to realize that she has a gift that she can share with others, which she's able to do now with her current work. I love the fact that when she started to see this happen, the big shift happened with traveling and getting more involved and using games as a way to help cope with some of those situations. And I think it's an important lesson that for all of us, we need to find ways in which we are coping and why are we are able to find some of those niches that help us to grow and facilitate some of the conversation that we have not only with others, but even with ourselves. Because the internal dialogue that we have, especially when it comes to overcoming barriers to success, often start with understanding what those barriers are in the first place. It's almost like going through Alcoholics Anonymous, where you have to understand first what the problem is and acknowledge that you have the problem so that you can continue to go through the several steps that that program has. And I really think that this lesson is universal and not just the way that you might lead your life, whether that is a God-filled life, which Trisha's life is, or whether that is filled with possibilities that you even have for yourself. It's about not just looking at what the construct is in your current life, but also looking at the bigger picture. And I think that she really expressed that well towards the end of the interview that we had. And just sharing with us that even in this world, when we are going through that persistence and trying to give ourselves that ability to do that, she mentioned about rethinking the ways that we do things. And she used the analogy of hiking. And I really think that for all of us, we are always going to start out with the basic path. 
In the basic path, there's nothing wrong with doing that. It actually creates ways in which we can grow and facilitate getting to that medium difficulty hike to then that extremely difficult hike. All the good hikers in the world are starting somewhere. And that's the same thing. And when you're wearing the shoes of those sort of aspects happening in your life, whether that is disappointment or guilt or frustration with a certain coworker or boss or even a significant other, it's all about stopping and saying, what is it that you want to do that will help me become not only better at what I need to say and do, but how I can move my mindset forward. If someone out there is struggling with that, know that there's a boat that's going to be waiting for you. And it's not about just helping others, which you can do right away with even just helping out the United Cerebral Palsy Organization or even just a local volunteer bank that is located in your community. But I think that if you are willing to just see what those possibilities are with those boats that are anchored right next to you, even if you're not even aware of them, getting that awareness and being able to shore up what you want to do in your life, you can start to make progress in the right direction. That direction is totally up to you, whether that is right, whether that is wrong. What it's about in life is about experimentation and being able to do the things that are necessary so that you have a completely different mindset. And as long as you're able to do that, you're able to accomplish so many different things that will help you become not just the best version of yourselves, but helping you to take it to the next level, to help you see what is out there. And if you're able to do that with somebody, great, do that. Make that something that's important and try to take steps in which you're able to help yourself see that bigger picture. And there's nothing wrong with having the time spent on just the small things so that you get to that point. If you look at Trisha's journey and how long it took her to get to this point, it took her 13 years plus then some to feel like she can get back on her footing. It doesn't matter how long it takes. It's about what your willingness is, the ability to see what is ahead of you and not letting go of it, no matter how hard or how difficult it can be. And I hope that Trisha's story today brings some influence for you. Thanks for listening to episode number four of Speaking from the Heart. And I look forward to hearing from your heart very soon. Thanks for listening. For more information about our podcast and future shows, search for Speaking from the Heart to subscribe and be notified wherever you listen to your podcasts. Visit us at www.yourspeakingvoice.biz for more information about potential services that can help you create the best version of yourself. See you next time.